Blog Talk Radio. The following broadcast is brought to you by the iGolf Sports Network. The Women of Golf Show is sponsored by the iGolf Sports Network and Golf Tips Magazine. iGolf Sports is a live stream broadcast and media production company providing quality programming designed to attract the golfing enthusiast. And Golf Tips, the game's most in-depth instruction magazine with insightful reviews on the latest equipment, tips from top teaching professionals, helping you improve your game from tee to green. Good morning, welcome to the Women of Golf, the number one women's golf show around the world, with hosts Ted Odorico and Cindy Miller. Join them as they interview some of the best players from the Epson, LPGA, and Legends Tour, and so many others helping to elevate women's golf. So without further ado, here are your hosts, Ted and Cindy. All right, good morning, everybody, and once again, welcome to the Women of Golf Show. I'm Ted Odorico, and right beside me is none other than Legends Tour player and LPGA professional, Cindy Miller, and we're your hosts here on the Women of Golf. Good morning, Cindy. Good morning, Ted. How are you doing? I'm doing well. How are you doing? It uh, looks like uh, the Northeast is getting a little bit of snow today. How about you? It's like really sunny and 30 degrees in Buffalo. Oh, <laughs> well, it hasn't reached. I guess it hasn't quite reached you yet, um, but it's it's coming. I know right now it's in, uh, in around the Connecticut area, so they're getting hit pretty good. But uh, that's typical. You guys are used to it, so uh, I know there'll be no complaints coming from you. All right, we've got a great show. Uh, obviously, we're in Season 11, as I mentioned last week. Uh, we're going to be joined here in just a moment by uh, our first guest of the day. We've got two, uh, Jody Brothers, the Chief Business Officer of the Epson Tour. He's going to be joining us here in just a moment. And a little bit later on, we're going to be joined by a good friend of ours, Debbie Waitkus. She's a speaker, author, and founder of Golf for Cause, and she's going to give us an update on the Marilyn Smith Foundation and the upcoming Pro-Am event a little bit later in the season. So we'll get the scoop from her uh, a little bit later. But let me tell you uh, a bit about Jody, and then we'll, uh, we'll bring him out, Cindy. Uh, Jody uh, was uh, formerly with the PGA Tour. He spent nearly 16 years uh, serving as uh, part of his function there, was vice president of business development. And in that role, he uh, led his team in identifying, pitching, and negotiating multi-year title sponsorships and official marketing partnerships, uh, navigating elements including uh, league rights, television, and digital media, uh, player sponsorships, and investment in local uh, tournament assets such as hospitality and on-site branding. So now he is, of course, the chief business officer of the LPGA's Epson Tour. So, Cindy, let's welcome our first guest this morning, uh, Jody Brothers. Good morning. Good morning. Great to be with you both. Well, we're glad to have you. Thank you for joining us. Um, Cindy, do you, you want to kick things off? Sorry, Cindy, do you want to go ahead? You know what? I just lost you, and I'm in the car, so you go ahead. For some reason, it went right. off the speaker. All right. Well, I guess I will. Uh, I guess I'll start things <laughs> off. So, uh, uh, <laughs> that always happens. Um, Jody, obviously, we're in 2024, a new season for the Epson Tour. Uh, so, tell us a little bit. What's in store for the players this year, uh, for the fans, and for the sponsors? What's What's the scoop? Yeah. So, um, you know, it's my my second full season. Um, you know, being in this role and 
you know, we as we looked at the schedule last year, we, we kind of bounced around a little bit. We had 22 events. Um, this year we actually have gone down. We're only playing 20 events. But the good news is that each and every week the athletes are playing for for more money. So we're 20 events, $5 million total purse. So I think the simple math is that they're playing for an average of a quarter of a million dollars each and every week. Um, I'm, I'm just really excited because we we took a small step backwards with the schedule as far as number of events so that we could start to align the schedule a little bit better geographically. Mm-hmm. Um, and that that's always been a kind of a focus of mine when I took over was to, to um, you know, allow the athletes to play two, three, four events in a, in a tight geographic area before moving, you know, to the next pod um, per se and having a week off for some rest because, you know, our athletes are playing for um, now 15 spots on the LPGA. Last year it was 10, so we were able to to get five more cards this year. And, um, you know, they're, they're going to play most every event, so we wanted a nice sequence of, you know, three, four events, a week off, two weeks off, another sequence of events. And um, the schedule's shaping up, and I think the big moves that we made this year are moving all the Florida events to the first part of the season, so we're um, you know, staying out of May and the rainy season here in Florida. And, um, I, I, you know, absent, you know, or, or one of the only sort of shortfalls to the schedule right now is we, we play three and then we have a month off. Hopefully that will be mm-hmm. solved next year with a num- number of new events that we're speaking with that will come on the 25 schedule. And I think the 25 schedule will be the best one this tour has ever seen. So I'm really excited. Uh, and I think the, uh, the athletes, especially when they heard they're they're going to be playing for 15 cards this year instead of 10, um, you know they're they're ready to go. Yeah, and it's interesting because that was funny enough that was going to be one of the questions I was going to ask you. You know, with so much growth in women's golf, I was wondering if there had been any discussion about maybe providing more, um, either expanding the the number of events, um, and or upping the number of cards available. I mean, 10 is certainly a good number. I mean, any number is good, but um, with so much competition coming in from all different sources to, to get onto the LPJ Tour, I was wondering if they were going to maybe have that discussion. It sounds like they did. So what was the thought process? Was that basically just because the numbers have gotten so big in women's golf? Yeah, I think I think it's um, one thing to understand is, is we have a, um, a, a very, very – intelligent commissioner um and and she's very data driven and so um one of the first questions i asked you know because coming over from the pj tour the corn ferry tour the predominant number of cards are coming straight through the corn ferry tour and i sort of asked the question why why is there so many coming from q school and not that many coming from the the uh the epson tour and um she said well you know show me the data and and so we did we went into a deep dive and we um, really took a comparison of, of our athletes that graduate to the LPGA after playing an entire season of, of Epson Tour. You know, so it, maybe they didn't get through the top ten, but maybe they got through Q School. And then comparing them to those who came through pure Q School and didn't play any Epson Tour. And we tracked mm-hmm. them all in the events that they all played in the same tournament. And we just looked at cuts, who performed better. And we went back and did a kind of a three-year look back and the data showed that, um, you know, the Epson Tour players are not just holding their own. We're actually performing in the last year slightly better than the Q School graduates. So that was the argument that we needed to, to you know, request more cards, and, and we were granted. And, and Q Series has tightened up a little bit. You know, it used to be 45 right. cards, 20 from 
you know, one category and 25 from the next category. And, and in the future, it's going to be 25 cards total, all playing out of the wow. same category. So, so it was a little bit of contraction on the Q school side and a little bit of ex- expansion on the, the Epson tour side. And, and I think there's still some room for growth in the future too, if we keep proving out the, uh, the data. Yeah. I, I don't think you'll have you. a problem in doing. Yeah. I don't think there'll be a problem doing that. Cindy, go ahead. I'll let you now that you're back. Yeah, that that's perfect because again they've played all year and proven themselves. That's that's awesome. Yeah. What has been the biggest lesson that you've learned in the past year from being on the PGA Tour and now the LPGA Tour? Or the LPGA yeah, Tour? I, yes, it's a great question. Um, lots of lessons learned last year. Um, I think I, I think I take it for, or I took it for granted, um, the the level of knowledge about the women's game from the corporate community, um, and and I think I overestimated just how um, you know educated they are on, you know, the difference between the Epson Tour and the Corn Ferry Tour, which are essentially you know identical tours, just each feeding the respective. Um, you know, main tours on, on each side. Um, they're just, it's, it's as much an education process as anything else. And, um, and, and I probably overestimated that more people knew about the Epson tour and the, the pathways to the LPGA. And really quite honestly, even knowing about the LPGA as compared to the PGA tour. So, you know, it's incumbent upon me and our team to get out there and really be, great advocates for um, the women's game and really educate the corporate community on just how talented these athletes are. And not only that, it's a much better return on investment. I mean, the PGA Tour is so expensive to sponsor events now that they need to look at the women's game because I think you're going to get more bang for your buck. The other lesson that I learned was just how engaged our athletes are in making sure that the sponsor experience is top notch. Um, The, I'm not going to disparage the men at all. They do a great job. I would just say this, the women do a whole lot better. They fight harder for the money that they're earning and they give the sponsors a really, really good value because they are so engaged and not only the pro-am experience, but all the other little touches around a title sponsorship or a tournament sponsorship that, that are so important. And I was really pleasantly surprised to see that um and it was a great it was a great lesson and we need to figure out how to leverage that for more and more sponsorship dollars i agree i agree we've been taught that since day one totally agree. yeah well and thanks to you for passing on that that knowledge to the next generation as they've come up because i think they do you know we always talk about um at the lpj headquarters about acting like a founder and that founder mentality really applies to our athletes as well. And I'm, I'm glad to see that it's been passed on and they continue to exhibit that in many ways. <laughs> I'm not quite that old, but almost. But, but the point well, is... I know you're not a founder. No, I know. No, I know. I'm just kidding. But, you know, what's funny is that I was at the PGA show and um, Nene was there and she said, we've got a new girl that's doing video and I need you to break her in, Cindy. And Liz Cooper was teasing and said, you better be nice to this girl. So when she interviewed me, she said, have you ever hung out with a founder? And I go, of course I did. Which one do you want to talk about? And so (laughs) I said, let's talk about Patty Berg. And so I, I said, you know, 
when I was younger, I was I was never afraid to sit and watch, you know, Patty Berg and Marilyn Smith and, and then let's talk about Joey and Carter and Kathy Whitworth and I would sit there and watch them hit balls and they turn around and go, What are you doing? And I'm, I'm like, I'm trying to learn something. Even, you know, Nancy Lopez, even though I might be a year older than her, and they're like, what are you doing? I said, I'm trying to learn something. I mean, humble yourself and sit there and learn some, something from somebody that's better than you, right? And then I yeah. would ask them if I could play practice rounds with them. And, and they're like, why? I said, because I want to I learn something. And so I said to the, um, I think her name was uh, Barbara, I'm not sure, the new girl, Maria, Maria. Maria. Atlanta. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I said, um, if I had something to say to a new player, don't be afraid to ask somebody that's better than you for help. And and I said, don't act like you think you know it all. You know, your lesson last year and it's still on my computer. Pinpoint the deficiency. That's the best line I've ever heard. And don't be afraid Mm -hmm. to look in the mirror, right? And so Mm -hmm. it's just such a great lesson and and learn from someone who's been there before you and don't be afraid to admit you don't know it all right so yeah. if there's a lesson there that's the lesson and i'll shut up anyway. oh that's great stuff well you know and and it is true that is such a great lesson and and i i concur jody with what you said earlier is the the women's tours and obviously it's from the Epson right up to the LPJ, they do work so much harder, I think, than the, than the guys do, um, not just at their play, but just in, in engagement with uh, sponsors and things like that. I think the LPJs uh, and, and all of its uh, you know, affiliates uh, have just been such a, a, really a blessing to this game. Um, and, uh, you know, it's a, a testament to all of the, uh, the support groups and, and people behind the scenes like yourself and that that, you know, work hard to really – you know, put the, that brand out in, in the forefront. And I think this is why, uh, one of the reasons why you're starting to see a lot of more sponsors coming this way as well. Um, I know you get a chance to, obviously, throughout the season, uh, get to know some of the young ladies uh, through conversations, just through, you know, watching them as they're out there on the, on the course and that. Um, I don't know if you get a, much of a chance to see them at the beginning of the season. I know it's still early yet, but is there anybody coming in this year, any rookies coming in that you've heard about or maybe know about from, you know, from other sources that they've come in uh, that might be a standout this year? Yeah, I, I would say, um, you know, I don't, I don't know a lot of the rookies yet because I haven't had a chance to, you know, our season kicks off in, in early March and that's when, and I'll go to all, all the early events. Um, last year I was able to go to all but one event. Um, and I'll spend lots of time on site early in the year to get to know the athletes. That was, that was one of my real priorities was, um, you know, when I interviewed, they, they kept asking me the question, like, how many athletes do you think you'll get to know by the end of the season? So I kind of got a sense that the athletes were, were desiring leadership to spend more time on site. So I really made it that a point. And um, so I, I would say I would kind of, pivot the question and say, I'm sure there is a ton of really, really good collegiate players that are finishing up their, their collegiate careers in May. And then we'll see them out partway through the season. Uh, Ingrid, uh, who won the second stage of, of Q school this year, she's going to, I think she's committed to playing a little bit of Epson. I'm sure she'll get a number of LPGA tour starts as well, but I'm really excited to 
spend some time around Jenny Bay. We saw Jenny last year, um, the second half of the season. She came out, missed her first cut, and then she won the second and third event she played in. And and if you don't know Jenny's name, and she was the one who lost to Rosang in the Augusta National Women's Amateur. You know, and, and it's oh, just wow. a storyline. She lost in a playoff. Um, she is she is every bit as talented. Um, I think she kind of I don't know if she got tired at the end of the season or or just the, the pressure maybe got to her. I'm not certain. I haven't spoken with her directly about it, but she was right around that top ten all year after only playing really half a season. Um, hmm. I'm, you know, she's another Georgia Bulldog product, and I, I'm certain that she's going to have a tremendous season. Um, I'm also excited to see, you know, some veterans that were just on the outside coming back, Savannah Vlabi, Kate Smith, um, Gigi Stoll. I mean, these are these are hmm. athletes that hung around the top ten all last season that have, you know, got two, three years of experience under their belt and um, I'm anxious to see, to see how they perform as well. But one thing I have noticed is, you know, top to bottom, I would say the Epson tour is a lot deeper than maybe it was 10 years ago or five years ago because of the strength mm-hmm. of college golf and the, the number of athletes that it's producing. And, and now that they are playing for more money, I think professional golf is a, is a legitimate path for some of those who maybe were kind of on the fence about it. Um, you know, the LPGA has done such a tremendous job in growing purses and really getting, I would say, blue chip brands, brands like Epson, to be sponsor, Accenture, you know, those the KPMG, really, really great uh, global companies to invest in the mm-hmm. women's game. Um, it just excites me about the future because I think more and more of our top collegiate athletes are going to look as look to professional golf as a, as a potential path, um, you know, and, and, and that just is going to make our product that much better in the future. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree. Uh, and speaking of sponsor, I'm just curious, this is, you know, for the audience perspective as well, um, is there a minimum commitment and I'm not talking necessarily financially, but is there a minimum commitment um, of time that a sponsor uh, has to make? Like in other words, if they're coming on this year, do you try to see, you know, that they need to commit for, say, two or three seasons? Uh, or how does that work? Yeah. yeah, I think, you know, we always look for multi-year deals. Um, one-year deals are, are tough because the first year is a learning year for both the sponsor and the new event. Um, it takes a bit to get up and running, and, and you really don't maximize the investment in the first year. So we always target at least three years for the first deal. Um, and then when we do extensions, we'll even ask for a longer term because they've already proven out the ROI and, and they've learned kind of how to use the assets that they receive within the sponsorship. But, you know, short-term one- or two-year deals, um, those tend to have less staying power. Um, when we when I was at the PGA Tour, we actually did a, a lot of analytics around sponsor term and, and minimum investment. And we found that the the sponsors that kind of came in and left were the ones that were either less than three years or less than $2 million total investment. Now, that's not apples to oranges with what the LPGA offers as far as minimum commitment and things like that. But but we saw that the smaller, sort of less expensive sponsors had a higher churn rate than the the bigger, more established um, brands that made a larger commitment to to the tour. So um, I'd like to take some of that learnings and – and bring it over here and, and, you know, target, target a, a, you know, larger number with bigger terms or longer terms, because I think that's just adds to the stability of the tour. And, 
um, you know, we have we have uh, quite a few events that are up for renewal this year, and and being in that position where you're constantly trying to renew business versus having your focus out trying to find new sponsors, um, you know, right. is new sponsors is just builds off what you've already got when when you're constantly re- trying to renew people that's that's taking time away from you know the growth, and so. Um, you know, it's a, it's a great question and term is always something that we think about very deeply and, and, um, you know, target, I'd, I'd love to do a bunch of 10 year deals because it really adds to the stability of the tour overall. Well, and it makes your life a little bit easier too, knowing that you've got some of those anchors, um, going into the next season and it's, um, allows your focus to be on other things. Um, knowing that those particular sponsors are, are set for, for the next, uh, you know, a little while. Um, what about new? I know you said that you scale you scale back from what twenty two or twenty three to twenty events this year. Are any of them new events or or just uh, maybe potentially some new sponsors? Yeah, no, it's uh, two new events. We've got an event in um, Atlantic Beach, Florida, just outside of Jacksonville. It happens to be my home club, so I'm pretty excited about this one. It's called the Atlantic Beach Classic. That one will be the third event of the season, um, March, I think, 18 to 20, somewhere in that, in that time frame. And 21 then, 23. Yeah, 21 to 23. There you go. Um, I'm thinking about pro-am dates, too. Um, and then we've got um, the Otter Creek Classic in Columbus, Indiana. That's a new one as well that was added to the schedule. And um, that one's um, in June, mid-June. And that's going to be a wonderful one. Otter Creek has hosted the Indiana State Open like 20 times. So it's a really good golf course. I know the athletes are going to have a blast playing there. And it, and it fits kind of a nice little geographic um, flow that we were struggling with. Um, last year we, we played an event in Michigan that had to take a week off and then played another event in Michigan. Well, this one sort of allows them to keep playing without having to drive too far out of their way. Um, which is, you know, again, it's, I, I look at raising purses as much as I can to, to pay the athletes more money, but I also look at keeping costs as minimal as possible because that benefits everybody in the field. And um, having a, a tour that is darn near drivable now is, is really a, a big priority of mine, and, and, and adding these events strategic in strategic markets is, is going to help do that. So those are two new events on the schedule we did lose. Um, we lost four events total um, that were up for renewal or just strategically weren't a good fit for the, for the future of, of the mm-hmm. Epson tour. Um, I'm hope, I, I really think 20 events is like a really good number. That's enough events that you mm-hmm. can really identify the top talent coming out of the Epson tour. Cause that's, we are a developmental tour. Our job is to identify and help graduate the, the next generation of LPGA stars. And I don't think we need to play 28 events to, to, to identify those top 15 players. Um, but I would never want to go below 20. I think 20 to 22 is probably right in our sweet spot. Yeah, it's a good number. And I, I know from past shows that we've done, speaking to some of the players that, you know, um, it, it is a, even 20 events is a long schedule because um, some of them obviously do other things in between on weeks off and that. Uh, some of them have uh, some uh, status on the LPGA will try to get into some of those events as well. Uh, so it makes for a, a lot of uh, traveling and it. And I like the fact that you, you mentioned earlier that you're trying to sort of uh, put it into pods where they, you know, will play, you know, three or maybe even four events in a geographical area so that the distance, because I know that that was one of the things, Cindy, you may recall this speaking with some of the players that was tough sometimes getting from one event 
to another, uh, especially when there was a lot of driving involved, um, and that can make it uh, difficult as well. So I, I like that they're trying to sort of scale it back and, and get it into a position where it's a little easier for them to navigate around and, and not have to go as great of distance uh, all the time. So it gives them a little bit of flexibility yeah. uh, to, to get yeah, there on time and, and, and rest. <laughs> yeah, rest. Well, and it's, it's a little bit for our team, too, because we, you know, while the athletes play yeah. every event, our, t- our team works every event, plus we do the uh, LPGA Senior Championship, which is going to be at, at an Epson Tour event back-to-back weeks this year, which I'm really excited about at Copper Rock and um, in the Hurricane Utah area. Um, we also run the three stages of Q School. So, I mean, it's a 24-25 it's a event season for our staff, and each and every week, you know, we, we haul around the scoreboards, the T-backs, the flags, I mean, the mm. T-markers. We've got a whole, you know, 45-foot truck that moves the kit from tournament to tournament. So when we're zigzagging across the country, that's our staff having to, to zigzag across the country as well. So there's a there's a little bit of a selfish part there, too, that says if we can simplify the schedule and work out of this pod system, it gives our team the ability to pack up move and be to the next location more quickly, which is a better brand representation when sponsors start arriving on Tuesday and Wednesday for programs. It just, it makes life a little bit easier when you work in a, sure. in a tighter area and it keeps our overall tour cost down, which allows us right. to do things that I'm pretty excited about, which is we've been able to lower entry fees from $500 for the athletes down to 350. And we're going to keep finding sponsors to keep lowering that number through our we call it a DEI program, and um, and that's, you know, I won't be happy until our athletes show up and don't have to pay any entry fee to play in an Epson Tour event, which is what their male counterparts get, the kind of treatment they get. They don't pay entry fees. They just show up and sponsors pay for everything. Right, right, exactly. Well, um, Cindy, go ahead. Let me ask you what um, – what are the benefits, the long-term benefits of a long-term sponsor? Uh, I can tell you from past experience with me playing and my husband being on tour for 15 years, the relationships that you make with sponsors. Tell our audience what the benefits are. If you are part of a company, why would you want to sponsor an Epson tour event and what do you get out of it? Yeah, no, that's a that's a great question and one that we try to answer anytime it uh, it comes up and and as succinctly as possible. I think there's there's really two main benefits and then a bunch of sort of tangential benefits. But the two main benefits is when you put your name on an Epson Tour event, it's going to generate between one and a half and two and a half million dollars worth of worth of brand value for your company. And that's, we go out and study it. We do, we have a research company that, that tracks it. And so, you know, for an investment of four or $500,000, you're generating four and five X, the amount of brand value for your company. Um, but the assets that come with the sponsorship really are about entertaining your best clients, your employees, um, and that's the pro-am experience. And that's where the relationships are forged. And what I love about the Epson Tour and the LPGA format is that everybody plays the same set of teeth. And, um, and our athletes ride in carts with, with the amateurs. Um, and when I, you know, would play in a pro-am on the Corn Ferry Tour or the PJ Tour, you know, the pros hitting from a set of tees that are 70 yards or 60 yards behind you, 
by the time your group hits, you're in cart, they're walking, you go out to your ball, they go walking past you. You are engaged on the LPGA or the Epson Tour in conversation with these athletes for five hours. And it starts from the minute you get to the practice range until sometimes having lunch or, or a beverage with them after the round of golf. And um, for sponsors, it's really about having a five hours with your best clients with this tour guide, which is our professional, playing professional, that just makes it such a wonderful experience. And I would put the, the, the Epson Tour or LPGA Pro-Am up there with all-time client experiences just because of how enjoyable it is and the relationships that get forged. And what comes out of that now is you're tracking and following these young up-and-coming athletes who are the next generation of LPGA stars. And when they do make it to the LPGA, you've got this, like, this feeling as a sponsor that you helped support their career and get them to the next level. And then the last thing I would say is when you're a sponsor, oftentimes you'll sponsor it in your hometown. There's volunteerism. There's charitable, charitable dollars that are generated through these tournaments. If they're run properly and, and sold out locally, um, they can be a force for goodwill in the local community and support, you know, boys and girls clubs and youth golf programs and food shelters and all these things all these great local philanthropic opportunities can be generated through the tournament experience. And your name is associated with every one of those, you know, deals from the, the title sponsorship or the brand value of the, of the sponsorship to the pro-am experience, to the charitable dollars that get written to these local nonprofits, you know, your name as a company gets associated with each and every one of those elements. And that's, that to me is the secret sauce to, uh, to an LPGA or an Epson tour sponsorship. And all that for how much? Well, on the Epson Tour side, a title sponsorship is, you know, for a $300,000 purse, the title sponsorship is roughly $400,000. That, that pays the purse. It covers the course rental fee, and there's a little bit of money left over for the tournament organizer to, to stage out, you know, a VIP area or, um, you know, all the branding that's associated with signage and things like that. So, it's um I think it's a, I think it's the best value in sports. Some will say it's expensive, That's but amazing. I think it's the best I think it's a great value. Absolutely. Wow. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Well, Jody, unfortunately we've gotta let you go. It's been a pleasure speaking with you and I know um we're gonna try and tee it up to have you come back on a little bit later on in the season, uh for a tour wrap up. Uh, but have a great 2024 uh, on the Epson Tour with uh, with everything, with all the sponsors and all the players and so forth. And we really appreciate coming in and, and helping us uh, kick off uh, the Epson Tour season for 2024. But thanks for joining us this morning. Yeah, thanks. Thank you for having me. And, and, and Cindy, Ted, I hope we can get you to an Epson Tour event soon. And if you can, make one circle on your schedule and let me know, and we'll, uh, we'll show you that Pro-Am experience. We'd love to have you Perfect. out. Perfect. Thank you. That would be great. Have a great day. Thanks, Jody. Yep. All right. Talk to you later. All right. That was Jody Brothers, the Chief Business Officer for the uh, LBJ Epson Tour, uh, joining us for the 2024 kickoff. We're going to take a very quick break, and then we're going to come back, and Debbie Wickes is going to join us. I uh, hope you'll stick around. The following ad is sponsored by Golf Tips Magazine. Are you tired of being short off the tee? And what about those three putts? Forget about it. It's time you got serious about your game. Golf Tips, the most in-depth magazine in the industry. For over 30 years, Golf Tips has delivered expert content such as 
the latest golf instruction from America's top pros. Simple to follow practice and game improvement drills, fitness and mental game tips, equipment, training aids, accessory and apparel reviews, golf destinations and travel tips for every budget, and so much more. Don't miss a single issue. Go to golftipsmag.com and subscribe today. All right, welcome back uh, to the Women of Golf Show. I'm Ted, and Cindy and I are very excited to have uh, our next guest. She's been on a number of times, and she's become a, a good friend over the years, uh, Debbie Wakus. She's a speaker, author, and founder of Golf for Cause, and uh, she founded her company back in 2000 to help empower businesswomen through golf. She's also the author of a great book entitled Get Your Golf On, and she also sits on the board of the First Tee of Phoenix and Women in the Golf Industry. Uh, but is most proud of her work with uh, LPJ co-founder and World Golf Hall of Fame member, uh, the late Marilyn Smith. Um, she's going to uh, come on and, and talk about uh, what's happening this year with the uh, foundation and also uh, the Pro-Am event. So, Cindy, let's uh, welcome back our good friend, Debbie Wakus. Good morning. Good morning, Cindy. Good morning, Ted. How are you? We're doing great. We're doing Doing great. Thank you for joining us. Oh, you're welcome. And so I have an idea for you. And, you know, if you want to go to an Epson Tour event, I think that you should come out to the Valley for Marilyn Smith's Pro-Am and the Arizona Women's Senior Open because the Epson Tour event, the Carlisle tournament, is like a couple of days or actually follows the next day. So you could be here in Arizona for everything. When is it? Is that it? The, well, Maryland's tournament, the Sunday Tea is on April the 28th, and the Pro-Am is on April 29th. The Senior Open is on April 30th, and then May 1st. And then the Epson Tour event starts right up on the 3rd. To back to back, as they say. We, yes, we got you covered. So, um, and I know that, you know, the, I believe it's, I should have the name of it, but the Arizona Carlisle Championship is just, it's a wonderful event. And Carlisle prides itself on being the largest purse on the Epson Tour. And, um, you know, they want to be a big fish in the, the in the small pond, so to speak, but um, they make a, a tremendous impact here in the Valley. I said April 28th is the Sunday tea, and then the Pro-Am is on April the 29th, which is a Monday, and then Tuesday, Wednesday is the Arizona Senior Women's Open, which, Cindy, you have played in before. I have. I do the... And this year, um, I do the, what do you call it, the Under Armour Junior Tour. And that's the 27th. So we will see, darling. We will see. I got to hit some there balls. There you go. You better hit some <laughs> balls. Yeah, we're at, at Ganey Ranch this time. And Marlene Davis, who is in your neck of the woods, she's coming out to play, bringing a Buffalo contingency with her. Yes, she is. She's is looking she? for a partner, by the way. She's looking well, for a partner. She teaches right below. Yeah. Me. I should say, yo, what are you doing? And, and then come be her fun. partner. I didn't Absolutely. swear. Did you catch that? I almost did, but I didn't. <laughs> I cleaned it up just for Ted. 
<laughs> Thank you for that. You're welcome. But I, I'll you know see what, her today. I'll, I'll say, to... yo, what's up? Okay, good. Good. Right. Good. Yeah, she's coming out. I'm going to make and her I hit balls, even... too. Make her hit balls, <laughs> and I believe we're going to um, gift a bunch of her golf flower um, ball markers to players. Well, good. And try to and give some money back to Girls Golf in Buffalo. So um, well, it's just a little, it's a little love fest, which is exactly what Marilyn Smith had, had always done with gathering people and lifting others up. And Cindy, I just have to say, I love what you said on the prior segment about, you know, just kind of being quiet and, and learning from these founders and, and, and you know, how it benefits you personally, just by learning from others and, I think that um, you know the exposure to the to the founders and and moving that forward is just so important for humanity. I mean, let's These go up to a bigger girls, level, but right? Nobody does that. Nobody. They all think they know it all now. I think I, I'm like, just sit back, humble yourself, and learn from people that are smarter than you, and have betting where you want to go. I mean, why would you not want to do that and listen to people that have wisdom? You know, and Marilyn Smith and Patty Berg, I mean, they were so smart and and nice. And, you know, they both, they wrote letters of recommendation for me. I mean, they were so nice to me. And maybe because I was nice to them, but still reach out to people. They All they have left to give is wisdom. So why would you not ask them for wisdom? That's, yeah. you know, and it's, that's what, and Shirley the last Spork. time I was out there, I, yeah, and Shirley Spork and all those guys, and I remember talking to Wit when I was there. I've got pictures of with Wit, and, and um, oh, my gosh. I just, I love those girls. <laughs> Whitworth would mock me out, Miller, what are you doing? What are you doing? You know, and I'm like, just get over <laughs> here and help me. She goes, will you slow down? You swing like a lunatic. I said, I know, I can't help myself. <laughs> <laughs> but you know you gotta love them, and I'm like, Carter, can I outdrive you yet? No. I go, well, what the hell? Maybe by the time you're a hundred, I could. She goes, never, never. <laughs> <laughs> she's she's coming back out, and she'll be playing again in the uh, oh, pro am and in the senior them. event. Yep. Again, yep. you know, I just I honor these people. Oh, it's uh, it's something else, and we had. Kathy Whitworth and Susie Burning, and just driving around the course with them with Sherry Turner during the pro-am, mm. the two of them, especially Susie, she couldn't help herself. She got out of the cart, was showing the players how to chip, how to get out of a bunker, and, right. and it wasn't like just picking the ball up and throwing it. It was, you know, okay, let me look at your grip. Let me change your stance here, you know, and right. and, and then she hit the shot for him. <laughs> and, <laughs> The experience, oh, I, I mean, you know, go to what, oh, right? It's like, it's oh. what Jody said, you know, the engagement piece that these women through the LPGA have with the public and with the participants and with the communities, it's, um, it's uncanny. It's, it's so deep and it's so meaningful and enriching. Um, there's, there's a, uh, so many memorable experiences that we get to sit here and chuckle about. <laughs> well, and the thing, you know what it is? It's the respect 
and I don't know that um, the young people today know who came before them. And maybe, and, and maybe it's because I grew up at a time where I saw these women play and so honored and respected them. And they felt that. I made sure they felt that from me. And, and I don't know that that happens anymore. I mean, I asked the kids that I teach, do you know Nancy Lopez is? No. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Are you kidding me, right? And so you have to teach mm-hmm. them that because they don't know. So, and that's just so sad. Anyway, I'll get off my rant. Well, no, you, you, you can, can, ask you can stay there because you, you can stay there because that's part of what we're trying to do through the Golf It Forward Foundation in keeping these women relevant in the lessons that they, that they learned and what they did to, you know, forward those because, you know, look at all of us who are entrepreneurs or going down a path, the skill sets that they used to build a tour are exactly the same today for what we would do in business, right? Absolutely. So we have a lot to Absolutely. learn from them. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So come. All right, so I'm going to give Marlene Davis Marlene's partner. Yeah. <laughs> she calls me her mother, even though I'm 10 years older than her. I'm like, shut up, you little creep. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so, Debbie, I let me ask you. Uh, <laughs> all right, let me let me squeak in a couple of questions here, and then I'll I'll let you uh, go back at it, uh, Cindy. So, Debbie, let me ask you a, a little bit about about the event this year. Um, is, is there going to be uh, any sort of a silent auction? I know they've done that in the past. You mentioned the tea on on Tuesday. Um, that's going to be happening on the, I think you said the twenty eighth. Tell us a little bit about that. And then also, um, if there is a silent auction, uh, what are some of the items that uh, uh, folks might be interested in, in um, you know, participating on? And, uh, and then tell us a little bit about the event itself. Okay. So first up, I will let, let, let me go to the auction while it's, that's freshest in my mind. The auction is not yet open. However, yes, there will be an incredible auction. And there will be a lot of golf-related experiences that will be available, and we're trying to beef up a little bit more memorabilia as well. But like right now, for example, there is a stay-and-play for two couples at French Lick where there was an Epson Tour event last year, and I don't believe they'll be there this year, but that's um, a beautiful experience. And Dave Harner, who is a friend of Maryland's, who is the Mm. general manager of golf for the town, um, graciously contributed that. Betsy King, who is another legend in the LPGA and in the World Golf Hall of Fame, there's an opportunity to play golf and have lunch with her at Pinnacle Peak Country Club. So there are a few pretty unique experiences that we'll have available in the auction. The website is golfitforward.org, and there will be a link there. There's one there now, but it's not um, current uh, for the auction. So there are various tabs at the Golf It Forward website, which is, again, golfitforward.org. 
And there's also a tab there for the 2024 MS Pro-Am where all the information is located for the Sunday tea, for the tournament, as well as for the Maryland Smith Arizona Senior Women's Open. And, you know, if, if you can't participate, you can't come, there's an opportunity to make a donation. There's an opportunity to contribute an ad in the commemorative program that is distributed nationwide. And I know, Ted, I believe you have copies. Um, and it goes digitally as well as in hard, in hard copy. And it's really um, quite, a lovely, quite a lovely collector's piece. So um, being included in that is um, a pretty amazing thing. So again, all of that is at golfitforward.org. Awesome. So our the event this year, the honorees, we are so excited. This is the 25th anniversary of Maryland Smith Scholarship Fund, and that kind of started because there was no money for Maryland as a girl to receive. Uh, scholarship money for golf and so she started it 25 years ago we're celebrating 25 years of her scholarship fund we have awarded nearly 1.3 million dollars and we'll top that this year with um, what we what we gift to the 2024 class and then the honorees this year are Sandra Post and Renee Powell and these two crazy ladies yeah, these two crazy ladies traveled the road together on tour, and Marilyn was extremely instrumental in both of their lives and uh, and golf, really motivating them to and inspiring them to be golfers and to play on the tour and help them when they were on tour, as um, like a mom as she did for so many. But they powwowed together. They were instrumental at getting her inducted into the World Golf Hall of Fame. And so with this special mile marker of 25 years with her scholarship fund, when I asked them if they would, um, if they would be the honorees, there was no hesitation. They jumped right away. And so we're just so thrilled that they're coming to participate. And like I said, Joanne Carner will be here again. We'll have we'll have a we'll have a lovely a lovely Sunday tea with a lot of interaction and some great interviews by Joe Passoff as he had done last year with the ladies. Uh, we'll hear from some of the scholarship recipients who will be present. It's going to be just a, such a wonderful, tremendous experience. It always is. Awesome. I don't know if Ted got disconnected. Oh, well, then we can I continue think... bantering. No, 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 we didn't. You know what? No, Ted muted Ted muted his mic. No, he didn't get disconnected. He muted his mic. <laughs> um, I don't know. I've never been... heard him be so quiet. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was trying to give you two uh, an opportunity to share some great information about uh, the Maryland Smith uh, Pro-Am and, and all of the good things that go along with it. And I inadvertently muted my mic so I could sit here patiently and quietly wait my turn, and I forgot to unhook it. So, um, But anyways, 
So let me ask you, so I only shut up for a few minutes. Now I'm back on. Um, so Debbie, let me ask you about the recipients. You, you just mentioned that. So is there, yes. I mean, obviously it goes based on what's raised and so forth, but is there a, a number that, that they shoot for every year? Like, is it 10? Is it 15, 20? How many recipients each season? Um, or let's go over the last couple of seasons. And what do you anticipate for this season? Um, being the number of, of recipients that will benefit from uh, the foundation uh, oh, scholarship that's a great fund. question, Ted. That's a great question. The, the Pro-Am generates uh, a, a certain number of scholarships. We target 15 every year from the Pro-Am itself. Last year we did 25 scholarships, and we are on target to do 25 again this year with ancillary fundraising and some of the money that has been um, endowed in Maryland Scholarship Fund that is managed by the LPGA Foundation. But, you know, it's, it's interesting you bring up the recipients, and um, we're at an interesting time right now. The, the girls, during COVID, we gathered them, and as many of them as we could, and started to Zoom with them and survey them, and we learned a lot about things that they thought that might help them along their way. So the girls who receive scholarships are now part of, they named themselves Maryland's Pearls because Maryland always wore pearls. And they have a, a, a nice sisterhood now and a mentorship community where there's a connection with women in the golf industry to receive basically um, business content on work-life balance, on entrepreneurship, on networking, a variety of things. And then Sandra Gall, also for the first year Pearls, she provides coaching for them as well. And Sandra, as you probably know, is an LPGA tour player. She um, is looking to get back on tour this year. She had injuries last year. So the fact that they it's way more than the money. They are part of a community of, of other people lifting them up and getting them on their way and sustaining them, which is just lovely. In addition, we just closed on February 7th this, the application portal. So we'll start evaluating applications for the class of um, 2024. The, so it's an incoming freshman class in the fall of 2024 that gets the funding. And then in addition, we um, closed today on the 13th of the month a contest that we've been running for the Pearls. The LPGA Founders Cup, as you may know, they have a perch on the 18th hole where the players, it's just a platform, has that big banner or statement of act like a founder behind it. And as the players come off the 18th green, they get to meet and greet. And it used to be that the founders, the living founders, were on that perch. And sadly, as you know, we don't have any founders left. So there have been pioneers on the perch and, and uh, LPGA dignitaries and whatnot. And last year, we had the opportunity to have one of Maryland's pearls sit on the perch as part of Maryland's legacy. And it was such a win-win and a positive experience that the LPGA has committed to having that happen um, moving forward. So the contest that wraps up today is for the girls who are vying for that all-expense-paid trip to go to Founders Cup and sit on the pearl or sit on the perch and kind of you know try to fill a little bit of Marilyn's shoes, but to forward her legacy. 
And the Gail Emily Shimbano, who was on the perch last year, was so um, moved by the experience. She's an engineer. She lives in Wisconsin. And she uh, turned around and submitted an application to join our board. And so she serves on the Golf at Forward board now. And we're just so tickled. She's the second pearl to serve on the board. And it really helps anchor us with the work that we're doing for, for you know, it's full circle. So we're at an interesting, joyous time right now with, with those recipients. So thanks for that, Ted. Well, that's great. And, you know, there's so much, um, you know, positive things that come out of this uh, event every season. And I know you've really enjoyed being a part of it and helping Marilyn uh, for all these years. And unfortunately, um, you know, she is no longer with us to, to be able to uh, enjoy the, the moment as well. But um, her, her legacy obviously continues to live on thanks to, um, you know, great folks like yourself. Um, is there any other special guest that may be attending this year that you can slip out uh, into, into the program? Well, um, I don't have confirmation yet, but I'm, um, I have a call after we're done with Sandra Gall. I'm hoping that she will be there as well. So um, the, the, jury's still, the jury's still out on that. You know, we're hoping that she's playing, but if not, but if not she, she'll be there. She had a very special relationship with Marilyn and met her on the perch. And they just, they connected and Sandra would call her every Sunday, regardless of where she was in the world. And, um, you know, Marilyn had that uncanny ability to make everyone feel like they were her best friend. And Sandra, that was a, a pretty real deal. But, you know, she did that for everybody. And I feel like that's the path that um, we all need to continue on as far as lifting others up and honoring them and respecting them for who they are and what they do. I couldn't agree more. Um, Cindy, go ahead. What do you want our listeners to know? What would you like them to know Mm -hmm. about the event? About the event, I think that that they can be involved and uh, participate and they can be part of Maryland's legacy, whether it's being there in person, whether it's contributing, donating, whether it's uh, buying something in the auction, contributing something for the auction, whether they look, you know, look her up, look up the founders and um, learn a little bit about each of them. There are 13 of them and, and, and tell somebody, be, be one of the storytellers. Cindy, you have stories about the founders. Um, They need to be shared. And the experiences that your listeners have, um, share them. Share them with others so that the younger people will know who came before them, right? Yep. Totally agree. Totally agree. Thank you for everything you do. Yeah, great. It's a, it's a pleasure. It's totally a pleasure. Thank you. Great. Yeah, great job, Debbie, for all that you do and have done for, for Marilyn and this, um, not just the event, but just really helping to, um, not just Marilyn, but you, you've done a great job as well with, with many of the other um, founders as well. I mean, I'm Shirley Spork, as you mentioned in that. And um, it's just a, a, a great to, to, I think, recognize 
so many of the pioneers, not just the founders, but many of the other pioneers that have followed that mm-hmm. continue to grow the LPJ organization and, and all of its uh, grassroots efforts over the years. They've just done a great job. Um, so for those of you tuning into the show, if you want to get more information or you want to participate, you can go to golfit4.org is the website. You can learn about the 13 founders. You can learn about more about the programs. Also get information about the 2024 Marilyn Smith Pro-Am as well as uh, uh, you can donate if you choose to. Uh, all kinds of information there. So go to golfitford.org and learn all about uh, not just Marilyn Smith, but about the great cause and a great, uh, a great uh, legacy that she has left uh, this golfing community and so many others as well. But um, Debbie, I know you're going to join us a little bit later on uh, in the season, and we're going to talk about your uh, individual, I guess, contributions through your business, Golf for Cause. We're going to talk about that in an upcoming show back here on the Women of Golf. So we look forward to you coming back in, uh, I think, a little over a month, I believe, uh, April 2nd, I believe, you're coming back. So, But we want to thank you today for coming on and, and, um, and sharing, uh, again, more insight into uh, the Marilyn Smith uh, Foundation, uh, the uh, foundation, and also the uh, Pro-Am event as well. And thank you for doing that. Well, thank you, Ted and Cindy. I, uh, um, I appreciate all your support. I know Marilyn is smiling, and your words had about community. <laughs> you know, it, it really is community. So that's mm-hmm. what uh, that's is. what this sport has um, enriched us with. So we're all blessed. Exactly. Thank you so Debbie, much. Thank you. Yeah, thank you very much for joining us this morning and uh, much continued success and we will continue to help uh, get the word out there uh, about the upcoming event. But uh, thanks for joining us this morning on the Women of Golf. Thanks. I look forward to seeing you, Cindy. (laughs) You too. Bye-bye, honey. Bye. Bye. All right, that was uh, Debbie Wakus joining us this morning talking about, of course, the Marilyn Smith uh, upcoming Pro-Am. Uh, again, you can go to golfitford.org is the website, and you can learn all about uh, all of the information that we talked about this morning and more is on that website, so make sure you check it out. And again, uh, once again, a special thanks to uh, Jody Brothers, uh, the Chief Business Officer of the Epson Tour. Thanks for coming in and help kicking off the 2024 Epson Tour season. We look forward to interviewing some of the young ladies in weeks to come. And hopefully you'll tune in. We'll get to hopefully meet some of the new ones, uh, as well as some of the veterans that have been on there. Gigi Stoll, of course, has been on the show uh, over the years as well. So maybe we'll have a chance to speak with her again. But uh, on that note, on behalf of Cindy Miller, I'm Ted Rico. Thank you for joining us this morning on the Women of Golf Show. And we'll see you next week. Happy Valentine's tomorrow to everybody. Um, make sure you go out and spend that special moment with that special person in your life. God bless everybody and have a great week. Thanks, Cindy. Thanks, Ted. Thank you for joining us. We hope you enjoyed listening to this week's Women of Golf show. Ted and Cindy wish to thank this week's special guests. Remember to join them every Tuesday from 9 to 10 a.m. Eastern here on the iGolf Sports Network or on any of these social media platforms, iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, CastBox, TalkStreamLive, and of course Spotify. To get updates on the show, you can follow the Women of Golf Facebook page at www.facebook.com forward slash women of golf. This has been a production of the iGolf Sports Network.